doing and we can just segue into other stuff. All right. All right, everybody. So I'm here with my friend Austin Guren. Uh, yes, sir. He, he, yes, sir. And uh, you might know him. He has his own podcast called the Out of Nowhere Podcast. Um, it Check can, it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And he's uh, he, that's yours podcast, right? You host it? Yep. Co-host it with uh, my good friend Ashton. Awesome. Yeah, it's a fantastic podcast, guys. If you're not listening to it, you're definitely missing out. Um, so what's up, man? Not much. Just trying to survive through uh, coronavirus in 2020. We're halfway there. Yeah. yeah. I feel you, man. I feel you. All this, like, you know, I wear the mask. My mom's got really bad asthma. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I wear the mask and I, I wash my hands. And I do everything I'm supposed to. Because I actually, you know, in Pensacola, a bunch of my friends, I knew 50 people that got it, man. Really? I actually just the other day, somebody, like one of my close friends in my inner circle got it for the first time. Really? Yeah, so it's closing in on me for sure. It's but sketchy, I also right? have asthma. Yes, I, I also have asthma, so thank you for your service, Ethan. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, I, you know, I, I know it just affects you guys a lot worse. And I'm lucky enough, I'm blessed enough to be in, in what I would consider perfect health. You know, I don't have any conditions or anything like that. So if I did get it, I think I'd be all right. But that's not the point. You know, it's for those people who couldn't yeah. handle it if they got it. You know, that's the people you got to be worried about. And that's the whole, man, the whole Karen thing. I'm not going to wear the mask. It's not, you know, it's not for you. It's for if you have it, you won't give the the droplets that come from your cough. You know what I'm saying? You won't infect somebody who should not get it because if they do, they're going to die. You know, that's why yeah, you wear the mask. You wear the mask to protect all the other talking space monkeys. Yes, yes, exactly, man, exactly. Like, this this virus was put on this earth to kill all of us talking space monkeys, and we have to protect the space force by wearing a mask. Like, you think they go, <laughs> when they go to space, bro, you think one astronaut's like, dude, I don't feel like wearing my helmet. Like, I can't breathe <laughs> Yes, man, yes. No, they don't feel like that at all. That's amazing. I mean, dude, I mean... You know, you're a smart guy. What do you have you been hearing about this stuff where uh, people go to get tested and then uh, they end up not going, but they still get a call that they tested positive? What's this that they just get a call saying that they tested positive? Is yeah. that like a scam? No, man. So there's people they're getting tested. Right. And then uh, there's and I've only heard about this in through Twitter and through stories, you know what I'm saying? But people are saying, yeah. you know, oh, hey, I went to, you know, I scheduled to go get a test and then I ended up not going. But I still got my results back and tested positive. Huh. And then a lot of That's people, gonna... you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's because, you know, they don't want, I mean, it goes on and on. The biggest thing I heard was like, it's to keep uh, Republicans from going to Trump rallies and voting or stuff like that. It's just <laughs> weird. But yeah, that, and people are saying that. I My thing was, I think it's if you don't show up, I think they assume you're positive or something like that if you schedule for me oh, okay i get i get it that's yeah, what that's my thought process is i mean it's i mean if you're on twitter you can also see how the u.s is just handling this completely poorly compared to every other country in the entire world so oh, yeah. i'm not too surprised by that oh yeah dude japan i mean japan didn't even shut down their economy didn't shut down any stores really and they had maybe a thousand people uh, die yeah, from and it? I think I think what a big part of that too is I'm sure you've seen pictures and videos of Japan before. Like wearing masks was already kind of ingrained in their culture, yeah. and that was like such a weird thing for Americans to adopt. 
even it's still weird for me. Like I still kind of feel self-conscious when I'm walking like in some stores wearing a mask because I'm like, dude, I, I would only wear a mask walking into a store before Corona if I was like robbing the place. So it does feel weird. But yeah, it's, I mean, other people in other countries, they just they got it together before us. Yeah, no, you're completely right. They just they they took it more seriously. Um, a lot of people, you know, what's so funny is I remember at the beginning of this whole situation, people were a lot more scared than they are now. And it's way worse than it is now than it was in the beginning. You know? Yeah, it was kind of the factor of the unknown. And we didn't really know what it was. Like, I remember uh, I was in New York whenever all this really started out. And that yeah. was at the time whenever uh, the CDC and the WHO believed that you could really transfer the disease or it was likely you could transfer it by touching common surfaces. So I was terrified to touch anything or anybody like that. And I mean, now that it's come months later, we've kind of figured out that that's not really the common way that it gets around. It's really from the, like you were saying earlier, the air droplets or droplets from your mouth. Yeah. Just the coughing, the the transmitted through the air and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, if I was in New York, I wouldn't even fucking, I wouldn't even leave my house. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. go anywhere. In all yeah, I, I can't imagine being up there right now. I was terrified in the beginning, but that's that's why I take it seriously. Is because I'm part of the the forty million club of unemployed people, so that's yeah. why I'm taking it seriously. Yeah, and, and understand, understandably, man. So I don't take I, me personally. I'm not taking any chances. I, for one, hate being sick already. When I get sick. Man, it's like, it, for some reason, the virus feels like it's just got to beat my ass every time. Every time, no matter if it's the flu, no matter what. I catch it, and it's like I'm dog sick, you know, and, and then I'm fine after that. But So I just don't want to get sick, but like you said, like, I just don't want to give it. I don't want to give it to anybody I know that could really get hurt by it. And it's a serious deal. Like, I mean, just in the United States alone, it's killed over, what, 140,000 people now? Yeah, it's... It's quite a sizable number. It's insane. Like, imagine if there was, like, a, a volcano went off and 140,000 people died. That would be an insane loss that, of people. That, but some people are still treating coronavirus like it's, oh, the government's making it up. Dude, that's it. That's I could not have put that better. You're exactly right. It's because it's just happening over a slow period of time. But it's not a slow period of time. It's like, what, yeah. since since March? I mean, it's it's been confirmed in the U.S. I think since like mid February yeah. at the most, yeah. uh, and I mean it it started I think in kind of late December is when it really actually got birthed in in China. Yeah, dude. I mean, and just I just Trump, man. He just I just don't know if he's handled it the the best way. <laughs> you know, no, I don't think so. But <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, a big part of me that is motivated to not get sick is. Like, in 60 years from now, when I'm talking to my grandchildren, they're going to be like, oh, it's like, Austin, do you remember Grandpa Austin? Do you remember in 2020 when coronavirus is there? Did you ever get it? Be like, nope, I was one of the clean ones. Yeah. <laughs> one of the clean ones. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, I want to get through this, dude. Perfect record, unaffected. I want to do it. <laughs> you want to have that good win-loss <laughs> ratio, huh? Yeah, dude, that, that, that uh, what is it? Like the KD ratio in Call of Duty. Yeah, the KD. <laughs> I gotta stay positive. My health to sickness ratio. <laughs> Never got it. That's awesome, dude. Uh, oh man, you heard Kanye had it in February. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people who believe that they got it around January, February. Like they believe that it was around before the first 
true positive case was yeah. like tested and on paper. Well, that's because so that's weird. when they tested. You know, they that's when they started testing people. You know, what I'm saying yeah. who knows how long it's been here for. Um, but uh, speaking of just political handling stuff and Kanye West, uh, <laughs> what do you think about you know him running the birthday party, man? Uh, I think it's completely stupid. <laughs> I do not think that he should run for president at all because I think it starts splitting votes. Uh, and to be honest, my political outlook now is we, I mean, neither option is the greatest option, just like yes. last election, yep. kind of weird trend, but yep. I do think that one option is a lot better and that being Joe Biden. So I think Kanye would just kind of pull away from democratic votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think he should run to be honest. Yeah. What do you think uh, is the, is what to you is like, Oh, that's that's a that's an insane or uh, proposition. Him being the president of the United States. What what is it to you that just goes? No, that's that's crazy. Because I I I say this in the sense of, I mean, is it much crazier than when Donald Trump ran for president? You know, I I think it's a little bit crazier uh, because. I mean, Donald Trump isn't dropping albums and stuff every day. He was at least, I guess, doing like business, which makes it sit a little bit better in my mind yeah. uh, than Kanye and like being a musician. So, cause, okay. So like being well, like Con- a businessman CEO is a little bit more similar. It's on the same side of the Venn diagram to being president than being like a rapper. That's, that's how I see it. Yes. Okay. So I see what you mean like that, but in the sense of, well, I mean, Kanye West is also a businessman. If you think about his yeah, clothing yeah, I see brand. It like that and, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, to assume that it's 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 I I really don't think it's much different than Donald Trump. I mean Donald Trump was a reality TV star, you know. I mean he made billions of dollars off of business, but I mean so did Kim Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? I mean Kim Kardashian has more in t- uh, more in common with Donald Trump than, than you know, and just in the sense of reality TV star, self-made billionaire. You know, and I also think if you think about it like this, and uh, obviously I'm not saying that it's not. A crazy thing but i'm just saying i don't think it's very far off from donald trump you know because yeah it is similar like the the kind of like outside of the box approach yes, like oh, yes. I'm, not, I'm not one of you politicians like yes. i'm gonna bring a fresh different approach i agree and i think that's a big reason that trump did win in 2016 yeah uh but okay so it's kind of more of just kanye showed up at the wrong time type of deal mm-hmm. uh because i mean it's gonna be realistically that like it's like the ufc like main card event is going to be trump versus biden and then all of a sudden like this third guy appears that's kind of just not really going to make a whole lot of noise in the grand scheme of things and yeah. kind of just take away from another guy oh yeah you think he just won't that, that's, that's you don't think he'll don't like you, you don't think he'll garner um enough enough votes or enough following in a serious aspect you know yeah I that's, you. that's what yeah. it is and i you know what and he did start late right and this is and I've only heard a little bit of what his political views are. Um, I don't know. I don't think he has any views on taxes yet. Um, I know he's like. I know he's anti-vaccination, which uh, I do not think is a good idea right now. Yes, I'm very is. pro. We need to find a vaccine so yeah. life can get to anything normal. Yep, yep. He's definitely anti-vaccine. He's anti uh uh abortion. Um, he he. Well, and I think that's all he really said for right now. Um. But and what the hell is the birthday party? Like what? It's I what mean, does that mean, is it's he's like you know what he he. <laughs> it's because, is it just some stupid pun? No. So when he wins, it's everybody's birthday. Is what it's gonna feel like when he wins. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, 
that old like English queen that's just like let me cake. <laughs> just give everybody cake. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I, but my thing is, man, like my thing with that situation is one, I'm gonna hear him out because I don't think it's as out outland- I don't think I'm sorry. I don't think it's as outlandish as Donald Trump running for president. I think it's sort of on the same atmosphere when he ran. I agree, to be so I don't think I agree. I, when people go, are, are you kidding me? Kanye West being president? That's in- insane. It's not much insane than the president we it's, voted for. It's, it four really years isn't ago. that big of a surprise to me because if you remember, I think in like October of 2016, I remember Kanye either at like the VMAs or some big music award or some concert. He literally announced, "I'm going to be running for president in 2020." Oh yeah, and out the big cause and stir and ruckus. So whenever I finally saw that, like, oh, it's official, he is doing it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, he said it literally four years ago, so I remember that. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, and you know what? Like, like you said, this vote much or this this um, this election is the most important election. Ever, and I really don't think that we can mess it up by taking kind of that outside approach again. Because yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think the last four years, the last two years especially, have not been that great. And not even for the fact of coronavirus, like racial injustice and all that. A big issue to me too that people have completely forgotten about is global warming and oh my treating the environment right. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. Like we have to focus on like real big issues. Like Kanye, once we get all our problems figured out. And what is the next election year? Twenty twenty four. Yeah, Dude, come around then. That's totally fine with me. Then. But <laughs> yeah. we, just, we got we got some things to figure out first before we start making joke like elections again. Yeah, no, I I I hundred percent agree. And I would like to listen to what he has to say. And I only say this because of this, like you said, this ele- this year's election. And I couldn't even vote last time, so it's not like you know. I just you know this is the first election I can vote for. But this year's election, much like last year's. It does have that same feeling where it's like, ah, lesser two evils. Who is it? <laughs> that's, you know, and that's, and that's horrible. I mean, that shouldn't be how we choose the leader of our country. It shouldn't be, ah, which one do I hate less? Which one do, which, oh, yeah. which one do I agree with a little bit more than the other? You know, and it's, and it, you know, it's a, it's a weird old dude, a creepy old dude who may have dementia versus a dude who's kind of racist and, you know, maybe also a creepy old dude. So it's like, it's like you said, it, it definitely, it, I don't think, I don't agree with that's how our election should be. I don't think it should be, oh, damn, which one's better than the, you know, which one's not as a bad of a guy, you know? Um, okay, Ethan, you know I'm a numbers guy for sure. So let, yeah. me, let me spit a couple numbers at you real quick. Go ahead. Uh, so... Here's the ages of the two the two main candidates uh, who are going to be running. So Joe Biden is 77 years old. Yes. Donald Trump is 74 years old. The average age of all of American citizens is around the mid-30s. Do you really think somebody that's 70 years old really represents like the majority values and views that all of America has? No. I don't think so at all. No. So like like you were saying that it's kind of crazy that these are the last two guys are the only two guys that we can find yes. in a country of like 300 million plus people. <laughs> these yes. are the two best dudes. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, dude, like you said, Donald Trump is the oldest president we've ever had. If Joe Biden becomes president, Joe Biden will be the new oldest president we've ever had. Yeah, Joe Biden's going to be 80 by the time he finishes. That's yeah. kind of nuts. That's that's insane. That's that's like you said, that's not a 
it's not a, they're not good representations of what our country is i mean even that being said like dude other countries hate donald trump <laughs> you know like when it gets yeah. to when you have when when you have people who literally hate the leader of our country you know the guy who's oversees almost everything even though you know you got checks and balances but that's the commander-in-chief of all the militaries you know what i'm saying like that guy yeah. is the guy who when you think of another country is who you think of you know and when they think of us they think of donald trump and that's not a, like you said that neither of these dudes right now are a good representation of our country you know yeah i totally agree but guess what ethan china china loves trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah china loves trump huh? but yeah that's why and you know what like i said that's just why that's why i like I know a lot of people who are early to count out Kanye West, and understandably, I get why they think that way. But once again, I just I wouldn't not consider it based off of who who's already been our president. Um, and it's just yeah, like you said, it's just a crazy thing, you know. And and if you you know people get Corona, one U.S. has one fourth. We make up one fourth of Corona cases in the world, an yep, entire world we make up now we do have you know a lot of people we don't have more people than china and, nope. we, and we're india i mean we're we're a big country too but we're it's very very evident of how poorly we're handling this yeah and it, god it's just it's laughable it's almost laughable if it wasn't yeah, the, the simulation is very screwed up right now he said it's horrible man and like i said you you were there bro you were in i i mean i live in a small yeah, town yeah i live in a small town in pensacola man it wasn't i didn't really even see it all except for like going to the grocery store you know what i'm saying but you were there like in the in I, like you said the epidemic the, the chaos center of it all when it all started you you saw how people were affected by it it's no joke no it, it really isn't at all i so it really it bugs me whenever i see people like talking poorly on people who wear masks because it's more of protecting other people and it's yes i don't know how to explain to other people that you should just care for other people by putting on a mask plus i think it looks cool so just do it <laughs> it does look kind of cool i don't like the ones that go behind your ears and just cover like just your nose and mouth i like the ones that uh you kind of wear on your neck and you can pull up i literally feel like a character in red dead redemption <laughs> no they're gangster yeah i just yeah, actually I so i had like a regular i've i've gone through a couple now i've had some like cool uh i had like an all black cloth one but i just ordered like a really dope like it's got like a peace sign on it it's like super decked out it's super gangster you know what i'm saying so i have a really cool yeah. mask now and like you said i know it's not the norm but it is the norm now and people just get used to it that's what's crazy i i really cannot wait until we're like five years in the future and look back on how one how we handled this and two what we could have done better and just how it has affected us current day and in five years well yeah well like you said five years now if it was just a stop right now that's a hundred and Forty-four thousand people that won't be there five years from now, yep. and that's that's and, something that people have to it, understand. It really is a wild fact that, like, life as you knew it in January and February of this year will never be that again. It will never be that again. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And so I'm, yeah. I, I want to see what life is going to be like. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And you know what? That kind of segues into something I wanted to ask you, and something we talked about, uh, you know, off air. I mean, when these people do die, you know, what happens? Oh. What, do you, what do you think happens? Where do they go? 
put on your tinfoil hats because we're about to do some conspiracy theories. <laughs> I got to find my notes again. But uh, so, I mean, really, like you said, when people die, like one of life's greatest mysteries is what happened after you die. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those people who. Okay, so like I, I credit to a Supernatural podcast with Ashley Flowers. This is what really put me onto this story. I'm not a type of person who like believes in conspiracy theories like Flat Earth and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. as soon as I heard all the information about two of the most famous reincarnation cases, I almost had no choice but to believe like, eh, I'm pretty sure it's real. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I'm about to dive into this. This is crazy. No, I, uh, yeah, I don't mind at all. Okay, so in 1926 in India, there was this girl named Shanti Devi born. Uh, She did not speak hardly at all from the ages of one to four. Her parents literally thought that she was going to be mute. As soon as she turned four, she started speaking again. But it wasn't just short little phrases and all that. She's literally speaking full-fledged, perfect sentences, like literally better than any four-year-old you've ever heard of. And she keeps talking about how she has a husband, and she remembers having a husband and about to give birth to a kid. She keeps talking, and her parents are like, well, this is pretty weird, but it could be like, uh, you know, like little kids' imaginations. They're playing make-believe, all that stuff. Uh, So she keeps mentioning her husband and also this place called Mutra, India, which is literally over 900 miles away from where she was born. And... Mutra is only like the specific nickname that locals call it, which her parents literally never knew of that before. So they're very confused on how she would have known about this. Wow. Uh, she keeps talking about it so much, and she finally remembers what her husband's name is right around the age of six. And so what her parents do is once they get the husband's name from her, is they write a letter to this guy saying, hey, this is what our six-year-old daughter has been saying about you, saying that she used to be married to you, and y'all used to have a kid, y'all's house used to be yellow, y'all used to live, like, around this area. Is this true? The guy writes back and is like, literally, all of that is true. I'm not even kidding. So the guy decides, or the husband, I want to kind of prove this, but I don't want to go there just yet. I have a cousin that lives near where Shanti Devi lives. I'm going to send him over there to see if it's true. The guy, the cousin goes over there to visit the six-year-old little girl. And as soon as she sees him without any introductions, immediately she breaks down and starts asking him all kind of personal questions. Like, did you ever buy that house you were going to get? Uh, Did you ever have that kid? Did you ever get married to that girl? Says her specific name. And the cousin is literally walking away, completely convinced that this girl used to be the woman that was married to his brother. Wow. Uh, so her, she remembers her old name is Lugdi Devi, which is kind of weird that it's the same last name, which is kind of odd. Uh, but she also remembers that she did give birth to her kid, not that she was about to give birth. And apparently the, the woman they figured out who she used to be was Lugdi and that she died while giving birth to that son. Uh, so what eventually happens is that this becomes like a massive story in India. So a bunch of journalists come and find the girl and they bring her to Mushra where she originally said or what she lived in her past life. And the journalists are just following around, not poking, not like leading her along with any type of questions. They're literally just watching, taking pictures, taking notes, uh, she literally, without directions, brings them to the house where she said she used to live. But it's not yellow anymore. It's white. But they ask the the, pre, or the owners of it now. They're like, yeah, we 
we bought the house a few years ago and it was yellow. We just painted it white. And then she said she even remembers a specific spot that she kept money in. And the guy was like, yeah, whenever uh, we moved in, we found money right there in that exact same spot, which is kind of crazy. Uh, So that's her deal. She's probably the most compelling case of reincarnation. And I Mm. think uh, once they really fact checked a lot of her statements, uh, about like 85% of what she said was correct and lined up, which I mean, even just being able to account for like 20%, I mean, that's almost unexplainable right there. So, so yeah, 85% is almost, uh, that's an unfathomable number to just even consider when it comes to re or spitting out facts about someone you've never met in their entire life. Yeah. And being accurate with it too. At but, six years old. By okay, anything. But that, that's, that's the first case. And that one was in India in 1926 and, and India, uh, I know Hinduism is very, very big religion there. So, mm-hmm. and that's reincarnation is a part of their religion. So, yes. here's the second most compelling case: in 2000 in Lafayette, Louisiana, mm. a, gay, a guy named James Lidinger. He was this little young boy. He was probably about like four years old when this started happening to him too. Uh, he started having this really weird reoccurring nightmare where he kept saying like small man plane crash shot down couldn't get out died and he kept saying that over and over in dreams then he started saying it a bunch while he was awake and he would play with these toy planes and recreate the same thing over and over and his dad just had to sit him down one day i was like james like what are you talking about he's like dad like (laughs) i was a pilot i got shot down uh and he was like, what are you talking about, son? He's like, yeah, I, I remember I, I flew a, a Corsair, uh, that, which takes off from like a, an aircraft carrier boat. I took off from the boat called the Natoma. And his dad is super weirded out by this because he's never spoken to his son about this. Like his uh, son would have no way of knowing about it, which so, is very odd. So what I'm just, uh, what I'm imagining is like the dad sits him down and is like, listen, what's his name again? The kid's name? Uh, James. Like He's like sitting there. He's like, listen, Jimmy, you know. You're freaking everybody out in your fucking class. Like you gotta stop. You gotta stop talking about stop this. Playing with toys. Yeah. Yeah. You keep saying crash, die, bird. Like stop. You know you're freaking out your second grade class and just. Yeah, come on. Let's go play t-ball. Like, let's play How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like a bit more fitting thing to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. But- the dad gets super weirded out by this, and he takes yeah. the information that he's gotten from his son that he flew off of the Natoma. Mm. He actually looks up, uh, I think the Natoma was a, a big aircraft carrier that was used in World War II, and he finds one of the still-living pilots that was our captains from that ship and goes and literally talks to him. He's a guy that lived in Arkansas. He asks him, he says, sir, like, is there any record of anybody named... Any or that took off on this day that flew this type of ship and got shot down this type of way. And he's like, actually, yes, there was somebody named James Jr. the third. And he's like, whoa, that's super weird. Because also before all that, I forgot to mention this right before uh, the, the little boy, James, he starts drawing all these vivid pictures of like, uh, like islands in Japan and like planes flying over them. And mm. he signs every single picture of James three. Oh Once my his dad God. checks out and says like, Oh my God, that guy who died was James Houston, the third, which is pretty insane. And then, uh, they asked the kid a few more questions. Yeah. And this is, this is why his case is a little bit different. As he said that he could remember being dead, which he said while he was in this kind of, it wasn't like hell or heaven or anything like that. It was just, 
it sounded what I guess a lot of people would describe as purgatory. You're kind of just waiting. And then everybody has a choice. They can either go back or they can just, I guess, like ascend to the next level. I don't know. He didn't really explain it like that. He didn't know the rules. But he said while he was dead, he literally got to choose who his new parents were going to be. And he saw, he said, he saw his is what was about to be his mom and dad on their honeymoon in Hawaii and an all pink building, which is completely true. Fact checked by their mom. And this was like months before he was even conceived and they didn't have any pictures or anything of this. So there is literally no way this kid would have known this. So are you kidding? It's very, very like crazy stuff. And like, I, I don't want to believe like, in re- re- I mean, I don't know if I want to believe in it, but, like, I feel like after hearing all these stories, like, I, I, I mean, I've got to accept the fact that, like, it's probably true. It's just we probably don't remember. Yeah. No, I'm, dude, you know, I, I would say this, actually. Uh, so recently, and this is kind of just to go off what you're saying, uh, recently, I've been meditating a lot more. I, and you know me. You know, I've never been a spiritual person. Never. You know, I went, I was, I think I was baptized when I was little, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, I've never been, I never put too much thought into what happened, you know. Um, and yeah, and so recently I've been meditating a lot, man, and I, I get these profound thoughts and I've been reading into meditation and spirituality and what all it means. And, you know, when you meditate, you get these sensations that you can't explain, you can't explain them. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, confusing and, and you want to understand it, but you know, there's no, there's no scientific explanation to it, you know? And then, uh, you know, the, and there is, I mean, there is some science to say like, you know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So my, my theory for, you know, the, the evidence you just gave on reincarnation is this. Um, and and this is just from my personal views and what I've studied and what I've found. And, you know, and I don't believe, I don't know if I believe it's entirely true, but with those, I believe those two people, those two children, I think they would be an anomaly because think about how many people, you know, there are in the world. Um, I believe when you die, I believe your essence, which is your subconscious mind, um, joins the universe because we're all made by the same thing, right? The Big Bang created everything and all that stuff. So we're all made from the same elements. So when you die, your subconscious, which we're all connected through, and I'll give you some reasons on why I believe that, uh, you know, you leave your body, that essence, the subconscious could be where you place your soul or whatever you, you know, you want to think about it. It does carry on and it goes on in, into the universe. And then maybe, like you said... Uh, maybe it gets placed into a new body. You know, maybe you're not at that point where you can move on yet. And I would like to assume that those two kids who you tell the story about, it's an anomaly. You know, sometimes, maybe sometimes when you get switched over, you don't get switched over right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe sometimes yeah. they, instead of wiping all that memory, some memory gets kept on. That's why I think, you know, out of all the billions of people in the world, I think, you know, maybe sometimes that, that transfer of consciousness from your subconscious, maybe some memories are so deeply rooted there that it just doesn't evacuate them enough in time, you know? Cause yeah, you know, maybe that's just the defect is just remembering is the defect, but it might yeah. just, it might happen to everybody. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, man, think about it. You have memories now that you can't really remember, you know? Yeah. You, there's, I'll if you ask me what I did last week, go ahead. I was just going to say, Trey, like, you, you can't remember what you did. Like, I can't remember exactly what I did, like, five months ago. So try remembering, oh. like, an entire other life. Bro, you could ask me what I ate last week, and I wouldn't be able to tell you <laughs> what it was. I, I yeah. In all honesty. In all honesty. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, like, that that idea that your, con- your subconscious, you, you know, 
it gets transferred over to a new body uh and you you know maybe at that point you remember everything until you know you become a baby in the very beginning all those those memories um are no longer deeply rooted within you so i mean to assume that that's impossible i think isn't i'm or to assume that it, that is possible i don't think is that crazy of an idea we'll, we'll eventually know once uh we pass on and move on yeah that's the only time you'll know dude there's so there's a crazy thing and I want to do more research into it because I just heard about it. There's a guru, and his name's Sad Guru, and he's a famous guru in India, right? And uh, his wife, you know, in Hinduism, they have this thing where they believe once you reach enlightenment, you just leave your body. You die, right? But this this can happen at any point. So this guru's wife, dude, his his wife died around the age of 30. Like 30, I want to say like 35. I might be somewhere around that area right she was in her 30s and she died and the way she died was by reaching enlightenment now they never autopsied her body uh, or did an autopsy on her body because of the fact that uh i guess in the religion you, you for some reason like you want to get rid of the body you want to cremate yeah, it to be like desecrating the body yeah yeah you want to cremate it and and, and you don't want it to desecrate it and whatever because her actually her, his father-in-law thought that maybe he had murdered her um just but he never liked him or something like that which you know there's always a case to say but it's it's actually like like dude that's a common way to die in india to die by reaching enlightenment and so I, like I said, I want to do more research into it. Are these people, are they dying? And then when you get their bodies autopsy, is there no explanation to how they died? Cause if that's, yeah, the, if that's I the mean, case, are you, I'm, I'm very confused. Can someone really just pass on by get, becoming, by reaching enlightenment? Is that a true thing? I don't know. Maybe they just got coronavirus and I didn't know. <laughs> They just yeah. didn't get tested. Yeah, maybe. I just thought, you know, like you said, I just thought to think to think that there isn't something greater than us in that sense of, like, connection. Because I feel – do you feel connected to most people, like, in a sense? Like a hive mind kind of idea almost? But, but not to say you have your own individuality, but just in the sense of, like, us as humans, as a species. Oh, I think, I think that's, like, 100% true because, I mean – if you want to look at it like uh, like morals, I would say most people would think like causing pain to another person, mm-hmm. like e- even if you don't consciously think that's wrong, if you were to like go out and hurt somebody or like I would say most people go out and hurt somebody, like hit them with a car, you'd immediately feel awful. And I think that's kind of like a common like level of thinking that we all agree with or yeah. most people i'd say agree with of course there's some crazy people out there but yes. that's like psychopaths nice. like morality is like our common hive mind type of deal yeah and we have for f- every different race right every different race has some sort of some sort of developed religion right there's always an agreed agreed upon thing that there's a god of some sort whether it be allah god jesus buddha you know whoever you know um so there's always that there's always the base morals of you know thou shalt not murder thou shalt not steal you know what i'm saying so like you said like this these morals that are deeply interested in humans 
that is not yeah, seen in any other species. Stuff like the culture too, obviously. Like, like we were even saying earlier, like wearing a mask in Japan is not that weird. So, like, if you were walking around in Japan without a mask right now, that's kind of one of those things where everybody would be like, "That's weird." Like, it, you would walk down the street and turn like fifty heads. Yeah. No, I, dude. I, yeah, exactly, man. And I do believe. Um, and there's also a thing about like subconscious when the reason I say we're connected to that, I'm reading a fantastic book right now called the powerful, you know, the power of the subconscious mind. Um, I forget who it's by, but that's the name of the book and you can go look it up if you'd like to read. It's fantastic. Uh, it's about just the power of your subconscious. You know, your conscious is the captain of the ship, your subconscious, the, the most profound thing. There's a lot of evidence that the, um, the author provides with the power of the subconscious mind. How can it? play in the you know the effects of reality in the real world but um through you know affirmations and stuff like that the most profound thing i heard that really got me thinking was this does a doctor heal your body or do you does your body heal itself right when a doctor when a doctor gives you stitches he's not putting your skin together right your skin still has to heal it heals itself he just helps it out a little bit you know so you you know, you don't have to think about your organs working. You don't have to think about your skin healing itself. The subconscious mind is always doing that. But when your conscious mind gets ahead of your subconscious and starts telling yourself, oh, you know, this and that, your conscious, your subconscious just just follows its orders, you know? That's why I was like, oh, I'm feeling bad. You feel bad. Or if it's like uh, there's, a, there's a story about this guy, right, this father. He would say his daughter had a really rare um, liver condition and autoimmune disease, right? So they were paying all these bills and all this medical stuff to uh, to try to heal her, you know, try to get her fixed. And it just it was the doctors couldn't explain it. They couldn't figure out a way to heal her. Um, they basically only gave her a certain amount of time frame to live, you know. So what this this dad, this guy would say every day, he would go, man, I would give my left arm to see my daughter healthy. Right. He would just say that over and over again and it's just you know it's just a euph uh, euphemism right he just says it oh i would yeah. give my left arm to see my daughter healthy and, and that's what he would say every day because every day he would go through this something with his daughter well how crazy is this the man and his family get in a car accident right he gets his left arm amputated in the car accident shoulder down right no more left arm he goes from that and after the after the um after the accident, his daughter, her conditions go away. Damn. Come yeah, that definitely sounds like uh, it made a deal with somebody. Yeah, right? Isn't that, isn't, so it's kind of like the, just the power of the subconscious mind. It's always there, right? So that theory that yeah. it could move on and go into other bodies and we're part of a collective kind of kind of being you know in in the universe or whatever you want to look at it as it's it, it makes sense so when you tell me the story about reincarnation these insane stories right i mean if you really think about it like that's it makes sense <laughs> there's there's some sense it to it see that that's the same position i'm in it's like that makes sense i mean like that i mean how else would you explain the two stories that i gave accounts for i mean the only way to really explain it is reincarnation that's the only way i'm gonna make sense of it in my brain dude i that's uh it may no it makes sense to me uh, the the fact that you can make some something that sounds so absolutely crazy makes sense dude you know it's it makes you it really makes you think right it makes you wonder about 
just so many things. Like what all it makes you rethink about what you know. You know? It honestly kinda of scares me. I mean, honestly I'd rather like instead of talking about this, let's talk about sports, fighting, knocking some heads around. Yeah. I mean How about that? Yeah, I, I feel no, I feel what you're saying. Like it's coming <laughs> down. Yeah, no, it, and it, like you said, it is like just and you know, I just want to leave off on that, but you're right. It, it's 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 kind of it's kind of it's kind of like looking into a dark tunnel that you know nothing about what's in there, you know? Yeah. That's I definitely agree with you in that statement like that's what it looks like. But speaking of uh like you said knocking heads around, speaking of dark tunnels and looking down and not knowing the answer, uh my friend, do you watch UFC? Are you into UFC? I have kind of started to get more into it since I've met you for sure. Yeah. And you've been showing me some insane clips and kind of a little bit more through quarantine since, uh, God bless Dana White. He's been the only guy keeping <laughs> sports around. So, yeah, no. I've been getting into it a little bit more. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I, you know, I thought I'd give you a little rundown of old UFC 251 Fight Island. You know what I'm saying? Coming out oh. tomorrow at 9 p.m. I'm not sponsored by UFC, but guys, if you hear this, think about it. Um, now, uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman in the main event. You know, have you have you heard anything about that or what's going on? I I know that uh, isn't Usman defending a title, and I see that he's sixteen yes. and one, so he is pretty good. He yes. is very good. He is very good. Uh, he is very good. Sixteen and one, uh, just coming off a, uh, a win against Colby Covington, who's a fantastic fighter. Um, uh, but yeah, he's very good. But I mean, the that's not the crazy part, man. The crazy part is Jorge Masvidal took this fight, man, against this guy who's sixteen and one, who's a monster. Kamaru Usman's a monster. He's a beast of a man, you know. Uh, Jorge Masvidal took this fight, bro, on six days' notice. And six days. He took this. the The guy that Kamaru Usman was supposed to fight got corona, so he couldn't fight. So they had to find a new fighter. Jorge six days ago. Jorge Masvidal took the fight six days and lost. 20 pounds in six days. Uh, you definitely know he was watching Tiger King just enjoying his quarantine. <laughs> and he dropped that much weight that quick. Well, my thing is, man, you know, that to me, so if you if you don't know this, Jorge Masvidal, uh, the last fight he had was with Nate Diaz, and he it was the yeah. bad it was the bad motherfucker title, right? And he won because yeah. he's a bad motherfucker, right? He won that fight. I mean, my thought is, who takes a fight? Six days notice against the champion who's coming off of a training camp, right? He has been training for the past three months, two months to fight in this championship bout. And I mean, Jorge Masvidal, he's like, oh, he's like, I never stop training. I train you around, you know, and, and they all do. But he's coming off a fight camp, you know, they have been studying film. They've been buckling down. And you come in six days notice to fight the champion, and not only that, you have to lose twenty pounds in six days just to fight him. And not only that, you get weighed today, and you did it. I think I have the answer for you, Ethan. It's because he's the baddest motherfucker. <laughs> Literally, yes. And I know one thing too is he just talks about when he knocks out people, he sends them to the shadow realm. That's the most badass thing I've ever heard of. So that's, <laughs> that is one thousand percent my pick. He is going to wipe the floor with them. Is that who you? So so we'll, we'll so we we'll work our way up. But you, I mean, for just that fight, because I mean, it's the most exciting. So you got you got Jorge Masvidal being Kamara Usman on that one. Oh, one hundred percent. He sent him to the shadow realm. I, <laughs> Usman already has his ticket. 
Dude, Street Jesus not winning that? That's absolutely Street Jesus? That's his name. That's an awesome name. Whoa, bro. I, all right, I got to give you the rundown. Dude, Jorge Mazdaval started off doing the Kimbo Slice backyard brawls. Really? Yeah. Oh, and it dude, called- uh, everything you're telling me is just convincing me even more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kamara Usman is the Nigerian nightmare. Don't get me wrong. But okay, that's also a pretty badass name. Yes, but Gamebred, that's Jorge Masvidal's last name. A lot of people call him Street Jesus because, like I said, he started off fighting in the street, which, like, you know, gangster, right? But, uh, yeah, he's Gamebred. But that's how he started off, man. And I think I'm going to completely – I don't – look, if he does lose, I put nothing on him. Dude, you, put, yeah. you took this fight six days' notice, and you had to cut – 20 pounds of weight down in six days i don't expect you to be at the top of your game if he comes out on top and beats kamara uzman the champion 16 and 1 after he took a fight six days notice and lost 20 pounds wouldn't he then become uh he would steal the belt and is he's now the champion bro if you can beat the champion six days notice and cut 20 pounds prior to the fight who can stand who can hold a match to you but like, uh, so like, it was planning on Usman was fighting whoever guy with Corona, and that was supposed to be the title fight. And yes. since Jorge jumps in, does that mean like now Jorge is just automatically in the title fight if he wins, he's the champion? Yes. Well, he was number, I, I believe. Um, so Jorge was number three to fight. Um, I think he actually was supposed to fight Kamaru Usman, but they had a lot of money problems with the UFC not paying fighters enough, which they don't. Uh, but I think they ended up figuring it out. But they were just going to give him a fight later down the road. And then when this dude dropped, he's like, fuck that. I want Usman. And I don't know if they were supposed to fight in the beginning. But uh, he definitely, they're definitely. I guess since someone dropped out, they're like, all right, Mazaval, we'll give you the money you want. And he's like, all right, give it to me. I'm ready to fight now. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Just- and then, I mean, then he, if he's real, if he's getting a chance at a title that he, before all this, wasn't going to actually, like, didn't, like, I guess, deserve to take a, t- a shot at the title oh he was uh, even more of a reason to get it yeah well he was gonna he was gonna get it he was gonna get it um like i said i think he's number three in that division but he just wasn't supposed to get it this time or he was gonna fight him and then just like i said money problems but now yeah. now that dude dropped out they're like fuck we need somebody to fight usman fight island the first usc there we need a big name and you know, jorge masval is the biggest name in the game right now player you know so i think uh but yeah i'm agree with you i think he takes that cake i think he I think he does win this time, and uh, oh, that's a bad man, dude. Fast knockout in UFC history, flying into Ben Askren's face. I don't even want to. Ugh. And and I just I hope Usman just packed his bags and he's ready to go to the shadow realm. I I hope so, man. I I'm 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 hoping for just a brawl, you know, because Jorge Masvidal doesn't play no games, and Kamara Usman Usman, I'm sorry, is uh he's a monster of a human being. So I think it's gonna be very exciting. I don't know if you've ever seen that, dude. Uh, fight man but when i say just muscles on top of muscles like the man is a you know i'm definitely i'm gonna be watching uh tomorrow for sure oh, i yeah. really want to see this yeah the man uh, what's, what's the next fight we're doing so the next fight after that uh which is gonna be we'll just work our way down um to the co-main uh you got alexander volkanovsky versus max holloway now, Max Holloway, veteran of the fighting game, always been around. Dude's dangerous, 21, 21 and 5. Um, Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky, actually, they actually fought before, and he did. He bested uh, Max Holloway. So, really? Is yes. Max Holloway American? He's a lion. Yes, he's okay. a lion. So, uh, 
Yeah, and he's got a lot of you know deep tradition, and but he's he's a legend of the game, man. He's a legend of the game. I remember watching Max Holloway when I was thirteen, just whoop up on people. He's so calculated with his striking ability. He's so good, but like I said, he's coming off a loss to Alexander Volkanovsky. So uh, this is kind of a redemption fight, um, and you know what? I just I I would love to see Max Holloway win because he's kind of got that length on Alexander because Alexander's more of a stocky kind of built guy. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. He's just a monster. Who I would like to win would be Max Holloway, but I, I really don't know if I see him getting this one. So, but I, uh, I'm gonna go with Max Holloway because I'm looking at him, he's a little bit younger. Yes, about the same age and a bit taller. Yeah, I mean the reach is within like an inch and a half. I can see. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be rooting for Max Holloway. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock him in as a pick. Sweet. Especially if he's an underdog, he'd be nice to sprinkle on a little parlay if you're into that. Yeah, and I would I would love to have I would love to pick him up too. But I'm gonna say you know what? I just wanna put faith in there. I'm gonna manifest it. I'm gonna go with you on Max Holloway's gonna win. Oh, another little thing another little thing I wanted to add in there, by the way, another little thing for you for Jorge Masval versus Kamara Usman, in case Jorge does win, how crazy this would be. Jorge's head coach got corona and could not make the fight. So now he's going to fight without his head coach. Just letting you know on that. Another little thing to put into your head. Um, yeah, so he's on his own. He's oh, yeah. Going in blind almost. So I'm just saying, if he wins, this will be the the craziest thing ever. All right, so we're going to move on to the bantamweight title belt. Here you got Peter Vaughn versus Jose Aldo. The, the myth, the man, the myth, the legend, Jose Aldo. God, you know what, though? My thing with Jose, man, all I remember is just Conor McGregor just murdering him. In, in that, as I say, that's the only way. That's the only reason I know that name is because I know <laughs> that Conor McGregor whooped up on him. You know what? And it sucks because, dude, that was like the first time he ever lost. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like Jose Aldo yeah. was was a monster, and now that he's he's moved down to a lower weight class, which is so funny that he says he feels like he, he fights uh, better naturally at bantamweight. I say that because. The dude has a hard time getting down to that weight. I mean, every time he weighs in, he has to take his drawers off, you know, and do that naked weigh in just to get that extra little pound off. So it blows my mind because he says, he's like, yo, this is the weight I'd rather fight. And he looks really gaunt. But his last fight that he's coming off of, which I don't know who is against, I did watch it though. The man dominated, bro. I mean, dominated. He looked like old Jose Aldo. Um, so if he can bring that versus Peter Vaughn, which I don't think he, even if he did, I don't think it would do much because dude, Peter, Peter's a beast. The man goes to Thailand to train every fight camp in the woods. You know what I'm saying? Dude kicks bamboo trees for his training. Dude's a monster. So me personally, man, I'm going to have to go with Peter on this one. Even though I'd love to see the old Jose come in and do his thing. I just don't know if he's got it anymore like that, man. You see, I think I'm going to go Jose on this one purely because I can see. See, I, I'm going to go a little reverse. On the last one, I went with Max because he was younger. This mm-hmm. one, just because I know the name Jose, he's a veteran, dude. He knows what he's going to do. I think Jose, his, uh, his experience is going to carry him there. And if he's struggling to get down to that weight and he's already weighed in, he's locked in good, dude, he might go up and he might just put a few a few more pounds on just for Peter tomorrow. Yeah. Well, the whole reason that they're having that fight, too, is, uh, you know, um, oh, what's his name? The, he vacated the title. The guy who that's, that's been holding it. Um, uh, oh, God, I hate that I... 
Oh, God. He was so good. Um, anyways, th- he's vacating titles, so that's why neither of them are the champions. So whoever wins this becomes the champion, basically. But, I mean, Jose Aldo was champion at one point, so until Connor took the belt from him. Um, but, yeah. All right, so you got Jose. I got Peter on that one. Next right, one, we, we got the women straw weight, which is we have a rematch for the championship belt. Rematch. Yes, sir. Jessica Andrada versus Rose Namajunas. Uh, Jessica actually took the belt from Rose, so this is Rose's kind of uh, payback, right? Time to get that belt back. Um, oh. So basically, what I'm going to say about this fight, Rose, who is a beast. Let me tell you something. Rose is a beast. Uh, her trainer, who's actually her husband, one of the best kickboxers in the world. Let that be known, okay? Let that be known. And this is the first time in a camp that her head coach let her husband completely take over. Really? And this is Rose? Huh? Yeah, this is Rose. Rose. So, So Rose was the champion. She lost the belt to Jessica Andrada. Rose, coming off that fight, said her mind wasn't completely on the fight. She had a lot of things going on. And you can tell, at the end of the fight, man, she she at the end of the fight when they asked her you know what do you um you know what what's the plans after this what's going on she was like I'm just glad to have the pressure off me from being the champion so she was having she was having a hard time being the champion man she the pressure that came with it and all that kind of stuff now she feels like she she can focus on just trying to get she said it was a lot easier to focus on becoming the champion than when you became the champion you know. So I feel that I can understand that. Yeah. So now she's like, well, now you know I appreciate her beating me because now I have that focus, that drive back. She actually moved uh, during her fight camp. I want to say to to Minnesota, so she could just focus on fighting. And like I said, her husband, who's one of the best kickboxers in the world, is now tra- trained her uh, exclusively. So and she was a when I say man, a calculated puncher. I mean, it seems like every punch she throws always lands. So. But, you know, that's not to knock Jessica Andrada. She beat her up last time. She's coming off that win. She's got that confidence that, oh, I can beat this girl. I've done it before. So with that being said, though, man, just knowing uh, the the potential that Rose has and that if she did somehow find a way to unlock it, if she did somehow get that hunger back, uh, I think it's all her, man. I'm going to take Rose. See, I want to I want to say Rose because of everything you just now told me the her husband she's the underdog she doesn't have the pressure on her anymore mm-hmm. she's kind of got less to lose mm-hmm. but this picture that I'm seeing of Jessica she looks scary as hell oh no uh, yeah let me not make let me let me not you know I I, I know what I was just saying was kind of leaning towards more Rose and that's because she is my pick but yeah don't get me wrong Jessica Andrade is a monster. In the cage, I she's think. A, uh, but I think in the end, I'm gonna go with Rose. I think she. Uh, she's. It, it seems like she's got everything lined up for her right now. Yes, and you know what? And I also saw videos of them hitting pads. And man, when I say she's got some of the like the smoothest pad work out of a, a female UFC fighter that I've ever seen, man. She's. She's. Uh. She looks crisp. That's that's really what it was, and that really made me go, huh. Yeah, she's been training. Like she, she's been getting it yeah. in. So she hasn't been wasting quarantine watching Tiger King. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm also gonna be ashamed to say this real quick. Uh, I actually haven't watched it, and that's where we're gonna leave with that before you, you give know. me any shit about it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched it either, so I'm literally in the same boat. Some about Netflix documentaries are just 
something puts me off about him. I don't like Yeah, him. I completely, you know what? I completely agree. And, you know, I'm a big film buff, so I just haven't. I just yeah, haven't. So, okay. Now, I've been getting, look, just like you, what you just said, I've been getting so much shit for saying I haven't watched Tiger King. I, I watched the first, like, few minutes of it, and I was just like, I just don't like this for some reason. Yeah. So, and from you saying, having the same opinion, I feel totally validated. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I don't know if it's because I'm a Florida person and you know the whole Florida man and I I just I see enough I see enough crazy white people as it is. I don't need to be reminded that there's even more of them. So, <laughs> I think I think I, I I think I just leave it at that. Um oh, and I also I won't Let's see. Sorry about that. I had to fix something with the connection. Um but yeah, I uh I I I think I, I've had my full of crazy white people, and I don't think I need to rem- be reminded about how many there are out in this world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, that being said, uh, so you said you're going to go with Rose on that one? Yep, I'm going with Rose. Sweet, me too. All right, last fight, or which would be the first fight of the night, but the last fight we go over. Uh, Paige Van Zant versus Amanda Rebus. Now, in all honesty... I think Paige is actually – let me double-check just to make sure. Um, Paige Van Zandt, for one, I don't know if you've seen her, absolutely beautiful. I mean, if she just – if she actually – That one fights, though. That's what I'm – exactly. So I'm saying, like, you know, I would be scared to get punched in the face, but she's a beast. She is a beast. She's awesome. Uh, that also being said, though, Miss Amanda Rebus, one defeat. She's only lost once. Ten fights. She's nine and one. She's fantastic striker. You know, uh, if I was Paige Van Zant, I'd be worried. That's that's what I would say. Uh, I don't know who's projected to win on that one, but oh, I, I would. I, I'm gonna put my pick right now for Amanda because I'm purely saying she has ten pounds on her and one inch reach. That's just. I think yeah. that's two categories that are probably the two most yeah. important. Well, I think what Paige is going to have to do, I think is Paige is going to have to take her down. I think that's going to have to be it. Especially, Oh, yeah, especially when you sit here and tell me she's got 10 pounds on her, an inch reach. You're not trying to stand up and fight with Amanda Rebus. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm Paige Van Zandt, who, if I do recall correctly, she has fantastic jiu-jitsu skills, uh, you want to get her to the ground. And I think if Paige can get it to the ground, I think she's going to be, it's going to help her out a lot. Uh, but if not... It's going to be a very long, <laughs> very long fight for, for Van Zant. So I think I'm going to go with, um, ugh, I think I'm going to have to go with Amanda Rebus too, man. Just nine and one, 10 pounds, 10 pounds. Yeah, that's a big difference. You I mean, feel all these that. other fights have been like very slim differences yeah. and weight wise, or right. just about the same. So that's, that's a big difference. But if you think about it, dude, that's just where they came in and weighed in at. I mean, if if she had to drop weight for the fight, I mean, tonight she's eating good. She's drinking all that water back Very that true. she had to lose. Very true. So she might be ten pounds off the, today on the weigh in, but the night of the fight, you know, what I'm saying how how far off is she gonna be now? Maybe fifteen pounds, maybe. That's what I'm thinking, you know. So and you feel that, bro. You feel when someone's hitting you, you can feel a ten pound difference when someone hits you, you know, and you can see it in the octagon too. So, like you said, like. That's that's rough. So I, if it stands up, I'm taking Amanda Rebus. Hopefully Paige can get her to, to the ground, but if she can't. I think it's going to be a very long night. And, you know, I think she actually doubles. Uh, I think she's also in the modeling. 
Um, so we'll see if she, if she <laughs> we'll see if she yeah, we'll see if she can keep that up after this. <laughs> All right, so we only differed on one pick, the Jose and Peter fight. I think so, man. Or you know what? How about this? I'll switch it up for you. I'll go just to just to differ us up a little bit because that's always it always makes it interesting when I watch the fight tomorrow to go cheer against whoever you got going. Uh, I'll go. I'll actually go. Let me go. I'm going to go Jorge. I'm going to go. Did you go Max Holloway? Or yeah, Alexander? I went Max. I went Max. I would love Max to win, but I'm going to go Alexander. Uh, I feel like that's going to be the best fight. That's going to be oh. the closest fight of it. Yeah, man. All right. So that's fantastic. Well, like you said, I'm going to go Jorge. I'm going to go Alexander. I'm going to go. Uh, and you're going to go. You're gonna go Jorge too, right? And then you're gonna go yeah, Jorge, Max, Jose, Max, Jose. Uh, I think I'm going. Yeah, Jessica, and then Amanda. Oh, you're gonna go Jessica. I'm gonna go Rose. And I'm gonna oh, go- okay, maybe. Okay, I think I said Rose then. I guess because I know we didn't differ on that one. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go Rose. She's the underdog with the the kickboxing husband. Yes, yes. So it's gonna. Yes. So I'm gonna go Jorge. You're gonna go Jorge. I'm gonna go yep. Alexander. You're gonna go Max. I'm gonna go Peter. You're gonna go Jose. We're going to both go Rose, and we're going to both go Amanda Rebus. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I think we got a good fight, a good card on our hands. I think it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait to see them fight on an island. Are you kidding me? How fucking Around shark-infested waters. Woo! Let's see. Hey, man, we're going to see who's getting eaten by the sharks tomorrow, man. That's really what's going to be. <laughs> Look, whoever's... Just gets in. Yeah, loser has to go jump in the ocean. <laughs> no floaties. <laughs> Shark bait, man. Shark bait. Right, man. Look. This has been a fantastic time. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. Being the first, you know, I just like to say, uh, you you're the reason that I'm even having this ability to do this. You helped me set this all up, so I, I can't thank you enough because this is something I've always tried to do and always wanted to do. Um, you know, listening to your fantastic podcast once again, everybody, the Out of Nowhere podcast, Out of Nowhere well, podcast. Spotify, please rate and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Yes, just do it all. Yes, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but it's been an honor. Thank you. I, I really, it was an honor being your first guest on the Talking Space Monkeys. Yes. What, what's the exact name? Talking, the, the, it's Talking Space Monkeys podcast. Okay, that's, yes. And like, I gave you this idea and I really think you should go with this. Everybody who listens, congrats, soldiers. You're now part of Space Force. You're yeah. all <laughs> Yeah. And Gen- General, General Dino and Lieutenant Austin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, definitely. Um, you know, definitely expect Austin to be a part of this. Uh, he's going to be a recurring guest. Um, and like I said, go check out his podcast. It's fantastic. I listen to it. Um, you know, and I would love actually for Austin, you know, every time there's a UFC fight, man, I would love for you to be the the fight oh. night guy, dude. That'd be awesome. I love that. Yeah, that would be, that's actually a really dope idea. We'll talk more about that because that, that'd be really cool. But yeah, man. Um, Thank you so much, like I said, for helping me set this up. And thank you so much for being the first person on here. You know, uh, this is very fun, and I can't wait to do the next one. Thank you, bro. All right. Like I said, guys, uh, go ahead, Austin, if you want to plug whatever you got to plug, whether it be the podcast or anything, go ahead and do it now because you deserve it, my man. The Outer Nowhere Podcast, spelled O-U-T-T-A, Nowhere. Seemingly coming out of nowhere. If you like sports, you like conspiracy theories like the one I just gave you, uh, go check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you watch or listen to your spot. I mean, your uh, podcast. So check it out. But make sure you subscribe to the float. 
the talking space monkeys. Join the space force. It's going to be a great ride. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, man. Awesome. Like I said, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, if you guys enjoy this podcast, please subscribe for more. You know, we talk about fantastic things like we did today. And, you know, all we are is just a bunch of monkeys on a giant magnetic rock that just happen to talk. You know, that's <laughs> that's all we are, man. So, you know, once you think about that, it makes you think about a lot of other things. And I have the ability to talk to a lot of my good friends and a lot of people that I believe are really intelligent. And we sit down and have fantastic talks. So if you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe. Um, you can see this podcast on Spotify or, you know, Apple Podcasts. Listen to it anywhere. Um, also, go follow my TikTok if you haven't followed it already. Uh, it's Ethan underscore Lumberdino, and that's all my social medias as well. Um, is it uh, is it out, out of Nowhere Podcast have any social media, Austin? Uh, that- just on Twitter. Cool. Uh, and it's same way at O-U-T-T-A, and it's Nowhere spelled the Cajun way, so N-E-A-U-X, where. Oh, yeah, baby. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right. Thank you so much, Uh, Austin. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, dog. All right. Pleasure.